Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to novachurch.com. Hello everyone, my name's Vancha, if you didn't already hear. And um, welcome, new people and visiting people. Put your hand up if you're visiting. Yes, Queen. Welcome, welcome. Um, do you guys like birds? Put your hand up if you like birds. That's disgusting. <laughs> I know that God's creatures and everything anyway, I'm working on that. Anyway, I don't like in particular seagulls. Anybody like seagulls? Okay, well, they're gross. Anyway, and um, when I was little in primary school in New Zealand, I grew up in New Zealand. Yes, New Zealand. Um, and then we went on this like field trip or whatever. And obviously Kiwis, we love fish and chips. So at lunchtime, we were all having fish and chips and like, I just, we just sat in the one area where there's like 30, 30 seagulls, hey. And then we were sitting there and then um, I had my chip and I dropped it on the ground. And you know when, when, when they sniff the one chip, they all like flock? So they all flocked to this one chip where I was and I just started crying. I just started crying in front of my whole class and I didn't know what to do because they were all laughing so I just like ran. I sprinted to the other other end of the field and I hid behind this big tree trunk. And so for the whole excursion, none of the teachers knew I was even gone and I was just I was just there behind the tree crying about this seagull and I never felt so alone. Anyway, very depressing opening. Um, but what I felt to speak about today was the idea of friendship and God's intention for friendship and that He has not intended for us to be alone. And this week I was praying and what I felt someone might be feeling in this room was this psalm. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. This psalm, it's pretty sad, was written by David And David was a popular ginger man. He was anointed and appointed king. And he wrote this psalm when he was under the leadership of a guy named Saul. He was the king at the time. And this king was actually trying to kill him um, because he was jealous and he was spiteful and was insecure about his leadership. And he felt threatened. And David was actually running away and he was hiding in a cave when he wrote this down. Loneliness is a real place. It's a real feeling. And I don't think it gets talked about often. But... In the church world, I feel, if you're a regular Christian and you attend church or whatever, like I feel like that feeling can be amplified sometimes with surface-level relationships and there's no depth. David's life is really interesting to me and he is one of the most, I guess, relatable people in the Bible and so is Saul. Saul is also quite often talked about. But today, I want to talk about Jonathan, a guy named Jonathan. Not little Johnny over here, but Jonathan in the Bible. <laughs> Jonathan is King Saul's son. But not only is he Saul's son, he was also David's only best and closest friend. Is that okay? All right, I'm going to pray and then we'll get into it. Father God, I thank you so much that you are in this room right now. And I just pray your anointing and your covering. And I pray for hearts to be softened. Lord Jesus, I pray that you help me articulate my words so people can understand. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal a truth to us, that we would be able to submit our wills to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. 
There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow and belt. David and Jonathan's friendship is actually one of the deepest recorded in the entire Bible. And here are four reasons why I'm just going to skim through quickly. If you want to write it down, you can. Number one, they base their friendship on commitment to God, not just each other. Number two, they let nothing come between them, not their career, not their family, not their problems or insecurities. Number three, they drew closer together to Jesus when their friendship was tested. And number four, they remained friends to the very end. So my first point today, if you're writing notes, which you should, um, number one is move along if you don't get along. (laughs) Move along if you don't get along. The Bible is very clear in that scripture that there was an immediate bond between Jonathan and David. And I don't know if you've noticed in your personal life, like, but the people that you would call your best friends, like in your inner circles, are people that you actually get along with. Like you have fun with them and you enjoy their company. If you have to readjust yourself and like change who you are to accommodate for the person you are trying to bond with, then you're probably not going to last as friends. And if their presence in your life, especially this is for all the Christian people, if you identify yourself as a Christian, if their presence in your life is not leading you to become more like Jesus, then I would actually reconsider how much time you actually invest in that relationship. You can love someone and not have the deepest relationship with them. That's actually okay. Unity in spirit and love for another brother doesn't necessarily mean closer in physical proximity. It's just obedience to God. And... Um, and his love for you. Unity is not everybody being like each other or loving each other all the time and getting along and pretending that you're like the best of friends. That's not what unity is. Unity is not uniformity. You've got to find the unity in the diversity. So find your people who you actually get along with. Otherwise, doing life together gets really difficult. And I'm not talking about surface level relationships. I'm talking about the depth, like deep God-appointed friendships. If your inner circle have not based their friendship centered around Christ and a commitment to God, you are probably bound to have conflicts because your values will be compromised. And slowly insecurity will trap the friendship, leading both or one of you feeling isolated, which is exactly where the enemy wants you to be, totally alone. So make sure your best friends are people you actually get along with so you can be yourself around them and that you are both committed to God, okay? Number two, prioritize your people. Prioritize your people. Nothing came in between Jonathan and David's friendship. They were so, so loyal to each other. People will always prioritize things, places, or like people if they see value in it. And this, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you can tell me off later. But things... This, this gets tricky in church culture where discipleship is seen more as a project or a program to build Christians and keep moving on to the next fresh one. But that's not God's heart, nor is it the vision of this church. Saving souls is on God, but making disciples is on us. And if you don't intend to be friends with them, do not disciple them. Our example is Jesus. Thousands were living under the feet of Jesus and under His teaching, and they were discipled by Him in that way. But the 12 apostles, 
apostles who were Jesus' disciples were people Jesus did life with. People he put value on, people he prioritised, people he actually enjoyed and built a genuine friendship with. So never ever settle in a friendship where you are not valued. Bible says that you are set apart and made in the image of Him. God in His very identity is a community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If we are to reflect His image here on earth, then this must mean that we are actually created for community. So why would you ever settle in a friendship, friendship that you are isolated from? That is not God's intention for your life. Jonathan giving David his robe, his tunic, his sword, bow and belt might have actually seemed a little bit insignificant for us to read today. But that is Jonathan placing value on David, prioritising his friendship over his possible career. Like I said earlier, Jonathan was Saul's son. And Saul earlier in the book of Samuel got told that his dynasty would end with him. So David is actually Jonathan's rival. And at any point, Jonathan could have chosen to kill David and take the throne for himself. But that would have been disobedience to God and it would have destroyed their friendship. So instead, he laid out all of his tools and gave him and sacrificed and placed value on him by prioritizing their friendship. Nothing grows if you don't invest, if you don't, if you don't make time for it and if you don't sacrifice. And if you value their friendship, you will make time, you will sacrifice and you will invest in it. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4 verse 8 to 10, Above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another, for love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. Number three, identify your source. The verse we read earlier says that Saul decided to keep David home. He didn't want to return him. So David was one of the most effective soldiers Saul had under his leadership. But as we realised from David's journal in the, at the start, we read that psalm and it was pretty depressing. It obviously didn't turn out so well. Saul got very insecure and was threatened by David's anointing. He was a jealous man and he was possessive of his God-given throne. Just right now, just like imagine Jonathan's position. He loved his father. He loved his best friend. He couldn't dishonour his father because that's disobedience to God. And he couldn't dishonor David because that's, that, that's a divine friendship. Jonathan, his character in the Bible is known for his loyalty. And sometimes he was forced to deal with conflict, conflicting loyalties, one being his father and two, David being his friend. But Jonathan's solution to this conf, conflict was what guided his loyalty. So for Jonathan, truth always guided his loyalty. Jonathan realised growing up that the source of truth was God and his loyalty must ultimately be towards God above all people. It was his relationship with God that gave him the ability to deal effectively with human relationships. If you always attempt to settle conflicts in relationships on a human level, you will always compromise your ultimate call and purpose, which is to pursue God and be loyal to him. And if you find yourself in friendships where those people don't have faith or they don't want to pursue God, communicate to your friends that your loyalty is to God and to His truth. And when you have those boundaries, your convictions will become so much clearer. And the truth is found in His Word. If the Word is not your source in helping you navigate through relationships, then something else is. And you need to get rid of that faulty engine because that won't be able to get you or your relationships anywhere. 
<laughs> Thanks, Borum. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> Number four, friends till the end. Now, my opinion is very irrelevant. I say that every time I'm up here. And you are entitled to your opinion. And this could be a controversial statement, but I don't believe in seasonal friendships or relationships. I don't believe they're seasonal. I believe that if God is at the centre of those relationships, there will be no reason for it to end. And when I first gave my life to Jesus, now you could probably come up now. Well, yeah, there you are. When I first gave my life to Jesus, I had gained so many friends. It was so exciting (laughs) and it was beautiful. And there was four of us that walked in together who would rock up to church. And I've known all three of them since I was 12. We all committed our friendship to God and, and did things in alignment with God's will and cheering each other on. But two of them had come to a point where they decided they didn't really want to do the God thing. They didn't want to, they didn't want to, um, walk with Jesus anymore and I didn't want to lose them so I just settled in my friendship with them and I'd go out to parties and you know have a couple of bevies with the lads and all that good stuff but I had started to compromise my own relationship with God for a relationship that was no longer committed to Him and sometimes as you draw nearer to God people are just going to drop off or of your life, essentially. That is when your Jonathan will be highlighted to you and they will lead you closer to God. Two of those friends aren't in church anymore and I'm still praying for them and I miss them heaps. But my Jonathan was highlighted to me and he stayed the path and he pushed me closer to God every time I wanted to bail on the Christian thing. He's still my friend today and actually took over the youth ministry after Pastor Sam and Hannah had left in Murray Bridge. And I know we will always be friends till the end. Christianity cannot be walked alone. You need people in your life who know you inside and out, who don't just talk about church, work or surface level things, but deep, vulnerable and real conversations, man. We don't serve a seasonal God and His friendship with us is the greatest gift and it's forever. But if we don't commit to it, we will never be able to experience the overwhelming sense of love, loyalty and trust. Thanks for joining us on the Nova Church Podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to novachurch.com for more.